reading of Scripture comes from John 15, verses 1 through 11. These are the words of Jesus. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Passage this morning comes from Isaiah 28, verses 23 through 29. This is the word of God through the prophet Isaiah. Give ear and hear my voice. Listen and hear my speech. Does the plowman keep plowing all day to sow? Does he keep turning his soil and breaking the clods? When he has leveled its surface, does he not sow the black cumin and scatter the cumin, plant the wheat in rows, the barley in the appointed place, and the spelt in its place? For he instructs him in right judgment. His God teaches him. For the black cumin is not threshed with a threshing sledge, nor is a cartwheel rolled over the cumin. But the black cumin is beaten out with a stick, and the cumin with a rod. Bread flour must be ground, therefore he does not thresh it forever, break it with his cartwheel, or crush it with his horsemen. This also comes from the Lord of hosts, who is wonderful in counsel and excellent in guidance. Let us pause for a moment to pray that the Lord would give us wisdom from his word. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word given to us, that you teach us wisdom. We pray that you would be with us by your Holy Spirit, help us to hear what it is that you want your people to know. We might not only hear, but apply to our lives the things that your word teaches us. Be with us, we pray, through the Holy Spirit, and for the sake of Christ. In his name, amen. Well, the soil is starting to warm up. I've seen some farmers out plowing their fields. I saw a disc harrow running the other day just down here. Perhaps you've already been out, or you will be out soon. Perhaps you're not looking to something quite so big. Perhaps you're thinking of planting a vegetable garden or some bulbs for Mother's Day, something like that. And it's that time of year I think about the soil, and growing things out of the ground. And Isaiah here, the prophet, brings some farming advice to the people of God in his day, taking a metaphor 
from the agrarian society in which they live. And he tells them in verse 23, essentially, listen up, because I've got something important to say to you. And what is it that Isaiah wants us to pay attention to here? He says, does the plowman keep plowing all day to sow? Does he keep turning his soil and breaking up the clods? Now, um, you probably know what plowing is, but plowing in and, and that day was driving a plow, uh, probably a, a branch tipped with iron, through the soil, and breaking up great chunks to, to loosen the soil and uh, turn it over. Um, and, um, and then after that's done, they harrow. And that's what the, the root word behind this breaking up the clods, we could translate it well, harrowing. A harrowing is you come along um, in that day with uh, branches tied together and you drag them over the, the clumps of earth that the plow has pulled out and crumble everything into fine soil so that the seeds can have good contact, so they can germinate and grow. And Isaiah asked this question. Does the plowman, does he plow Every day, that's the intent here. Uh, you know, you go out and you say, what are you doing with this field? And he says, well, I'm going to plow it. And you go out the next day, well, what, what are you going to do today? Well, I'm going to plow it again. Uh, he doesn't do that. And the farmer goes out and he plows the field. And when it's plowed, he's done. And he moves on and he harrows it. And Isaiah says the same thing. Does he keep turning his soil and breaking the clods? Does he keep running the harrow over and over the soil again? No. The good farmer, he plows it when it needs it, breaks it into clods, then he runs the harrow over it and breaks these, these clods into small, fine, uh, good soil, and then he's done. Now, why, why does he do this? Well, the farmer plows and harrows his field at the right time and for the right length of time, and he does it for a purpose. He does it so that the soil will be workable, so that there'll be good soil contact with the, with the seeds that he plants, so that they'll germinate and grow and be fruitful. That's why he plows, and that's why he harrows. Isaiah continues here. He says, when he's leveled its surface, does he not sow the black cumin and scatter the cumin? By the way, there's a little bit of a, a uncertainty what exactly these seeds are. It can be translated this way. Some, some translations translate it as dill, something you might be more familiar with. Um, dill or cumin. And uh, when he's leveled its surface with the harrow, he plants the seeds. He puts the wheat in rows. He puts the barley in the right place for it and the spelt in the right place for it. He knows where to put the seeds. They go in this place or that place. And, And Isaiah says, he instructs him, that is, God instructs him in right judgment. For God teaches him. Now this is not to say that... uh, uh, all farmers have some sort of divine inspiration about what to do when. It's simply this. A good farmer, he uses the wisdom that God has given him in the world that God made, and he makes the right decisions for his field. When to plow, when to harrow, and where to plant the seeds. And the purpose is that it might be fruitful. He uses the wisdom that God has. Now, I've said that this is a sermon that, about farming advice, but this is not advice for the farmer. This is advice for the ground that is being plowed, the ground that is being harrowed. God is the heavenly farmer, and as Paul says, you are God's field. 
Might, to, to illustrate what, what Isaiah is trying to get at here, it might be helpful to understand the context of what comes before. Isaiah has been bringing the warning of God's judgment against the house of Israel and Judah. And he said, God is going to bring judgment on you. He's warned them time and time again. And this is a bit of comfort and encouragement in the midst of this judgment and discipline. This is the the encouragement. God is going to bring plowing on you, house of Israel and Judah. God is going to plow you with his plow, the Assyrians. We we sang directly before this of, they plowed my back like plowmen plowing furrows. They made their gouges deep and wide. This plowing is an imagery of God's discipline on his people. And Isaiah is telling the people, just as a good farmer plows his field at the right time, and he does it for a purpose, God is plowing you, but only for a time. And it's for a purpose that you might bear fruit. Now, you too, perhaps, uh, might think, God is plowing my life. I know this is a, a national sort of a plowing that Isaiah is, is referring to, but we experience this as well, even in our own lives. God comes along, and he might plow our lives. And we sit around and look at the broken mess and the big chunks of our lives sitting up all over the place, and just as we're about to go try to collect them and, and put, put our life back together, he comes along with his harrow, and he crumbles them into little pieces. Well, this is good news. When God plows your life and when he breaks them into little pieces, when he brings suffering into our lives, he does it for a time and at the right time and for a purpose. It's not all day, every day. Just as a a good farmer isn't out in his field plowing the same field over and over and over again, Isaiah says, God doesn't do that either. He's a good good farmer, as it were, in his wisdom. He knows what you need, and he brings it at the right time so that you might bear fruit. Now, Isaiah continues with this metaphor changes it a little bit. And that's the, this is the farmer's timing that we've been looking at. Is he, he does it at the right time. God knows the right time. He knows when we need this. And he does it for the right length of time. Look at the farmer's tools now, starting in verse 27. The black cumin is not threshed with a threshing sledge, nor is a cartwheel rolled over the cumin. But the black cumin is beaten out with a stick, and the cumin with a rod threshing sledge is a great, uh, you know, uh, flat-bottomed wooden sledge, and the farmer brings it in and hooks it up to his team, and he runs it over the grain to separate the wheat from the chaff. And Isaiah here says, a good farmer knows that some seeds need the threshing sledge, and others can't handle it. Cumin, or dill, as some translations uh, will say, "You, you can't run a threshing sledge over dill and cumin, you'll crush them. They won't be any good. No, no, the farmer doesn't do that. He knows the right tool for the job. Dill and cumin, well, they're beaten out with a stick. It breaks the chaff apart, and then the farmer can come along and separate and winnow the, the good seed from the chaff and from the, the stalks. He says, some seeds can't handle what other seeds can. Uh, dill and cumin, yeah, he beats them out with a rod to separate them. 
But the grain, well, that gets run over with the threshing sledge. The horses come along, trample it, and the threshing sledge runs it over. It needs a certain amount of force to separate the wheat from the chaff. And so it is with God, just as the good farmer knows the right tool for the job, so God knows the right discipline to bring into our lives as well. He knows what we can handle. And sometimes, and for some of us, he brings in light discipline. He knows what we can handle and what we need. And sometimes he brings in the threshing sledge. And the purpose is to separate the good wheat and to bring it out of our lives. Our Heavenly Father knows the discipline and also the comfort that we need to refine us and to produce fruit. He doesn't give us more than we can bear. He doesn't use a threshing sledge where a stick will do the trick. Now, someone wisely said, God never gives us more than we can handle. But sometimes it's really surprising to, to know what God thinks we can handle. Um, and uh, his purpose, though, is not to crush us. His purpose with us is not to destroy our lives, just as a farmer is not destroying a field when he plows and when he harrows it. It's not to destroy his crop of wheat when he threshes it. But it's to bring forth fruit. And that's why God brings his discipline in our lives. God knows the right time for the right length of time. He does it for a purpose. And he knows the right tool for the job. Now, perhaps we're saying, how can I bear up under this plowing? How can I bear the strain of the threshing sledge of discipline that he brings into my life? We have an example before us in Scripture. It gives us a promise. and gives us the power to stand up under, under this discipline. And that is in Christ. We sung from the psalm earlier, they plowed my back. Was it not Christ, the one whose back was plowed, who underwent the wrath of God on our behalf? He was plowed under for our sake. He took on human flesh and suffered the miseries of this life. He was crucified They almost literally ripped his back apart when he was flogged. And we find the ultimate fulfillment of this psalm in the life of Christ. He was plowed for the sake of his people. Although we suffer in this life, although we bear up under God's discipline, it's not the same because Christ took the wrath so that whatever God brings into our life It will not kill us, but it will only bring us near to him. It will help us to bear fruit. Jesus himself says, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it does nothing. When the farmer plants the wheat in the ground and the seed seems to have died, it's only then that it sprouts and becomes alive. So it is with Christ. It was through his death that God raised him up and seated him at the right hand of the Father with all authority in heaven and earth. And so it is with us as well. Christ is called the first fruits, like that seed that falls to the ground and is made alive. 
So we too have the promise. Although we suffer, then one day we too will die. Yet just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too will be raised up as well. We read from John 15 earlier, another illustration of these same things. He says, every, every vine that bears fruit, what does the, the, what does the father do? A good uh, uh, tender of grapevines? Well, he prunes it so that it will bear more fruit. And so it is in our lives as well. Although we die to ourselves in suffering, although one day we will die, yet we are made alive through the resurrection of Christ. That's the power of the resurrection of Christ living in us and the promise that we too will be raised again. So the good farmer, well, he doesn't plow his field every single day. He plows for a time and for a purpose. And if you are being plowed by the Lord, take this as encouragement from the prophet Isaiah. He does so for a time, at the right time, for a purpose. He knows the right tool for the job, and he works in us so that we might bear fruit. I wanted to close my reading from 1 Peter 1, verses 3 through 7. This is what Peter has to say. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though we suffer now for a time, we have the promise the resurrection life of Christ dwelling in us, giving us the power and the promise to bear up under God's discipline. The wrath has been taken away. Christ himself bore the wrath for us, and we have the promise. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are good to us. You bring discipline to our lives for our good. We pray that you would help us to understand, help us to submit to your correction, that you would help us to draw closer to you, even through the various trials of this life. We might bear fruit, resulting in praise to you. We thank you that you sent your Son, that he bore the wrath that we deserved, that we might be made alive on the day, on the last day. We have even now the life, the resurrection power of Christ dwelling in us. Help us, we pray, to trust you, to understand that your purposes towards us are good. Be with us, we pray, in the name of Christ and for his sake. Amen.